0: I hope that you have a um, worksheet. We, we really kind of undershot the size of the crowd tonight, and Sharon had to come down here and work extra this evening anyway to get these worksheets ready for tonight. Do we have any more at the back? Does everybody have, does, is there anybody that needs one of these? We'd like for you to have one of these because we work on a worksheet on Sunday night. All these young people are just grabbing them up Getting ready to, getting ready to get with it. That's it. That's the way. (laughs) We have some at the back. These guys have some. Man, I cannot believe this crowd. Coach, can you believe this crowd? Any more folks here to hear me preach? They'll see you play baseball now. (laughs) On Sunday night, um, we. We study God's Word and we use a worksheet. And I've been preaching or teaching through the book of James, and this is the next to the last in this series of uh, lessons or messages from the book of James. I'm, I, um, this really is a text that we dealt with a couple of or three weeks ago and we're coming at it from another angle tonight and part of what you'll be hearing will really be a a, a review of what we discussed when we were talking about uh, sickness and sin and divine healing and so if you have your new testament turned to the book of James I'm reading beginning at verse 13 in chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Notice, and the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins they will be forgiven him therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed the effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much or can accomplish much Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months and he prayed again and the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. James was known in the first century as a man of prayer that may surprise us really because we have noted from the very beginning, as we study the book of James, that he punctuates work. He accentuates activity. He comes to that marvelous second chapter and he talks about faith and works. And he almost seem, it almost seems like he's in conflict with salvation by grace because he talks about a faith that has no works as being dead. He accentuates activity he punctuates worth work he deals with application so to hear that he was a first century man of prayer may seem strange tradition says that James nickname was camel knees now I um, there's a carpet layer here in the service tonight and uh, I talked to him before the service and I asked him if he had camel knees I said "Um, are your knees stretched and calloused and baggy like a camel's he said well I don't know I said well before I preach this sermon tonight I wanted to know that he said are are, am I going to have to demonstrate I said no you won't have to pull up your uh, breeches leg and show your your knees but most uh, carpet layers uh because they're down on their knees often and they have to drive that instrument that stretches the carpet across the floor have what is called camel knees they're baggy and they're stretched and they're calloused it was said of james that he had camel's knees that he spent so much time not laying carpet, but he spent so much time on his knees in prayer that they had, been, they had become, the skin on his knees had been stretched out of shape, so they literally bagged like a camel's. They were calloused and stretched, and, and they bagged. He had camel's knees. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight whose knees are calloused because of prayer. I read the account of George Mueller's life, that great man of prayer in Bristol. It said that in his office where he spent his time on his knees he literally wore a groove in the carpet and in the wooden floor. He spent so much time on his knees. And as we look back over what we've learned from the little epistle of James, we do discover that he was a man of prayer. As a matter of fact, in the first chapter as James deals with trials and he says, do you ever come in life to the place where you need wisdom that will enable you to see beyond the burden and to see beyond the trial and you need that wisdom that will help you get above it? Let him ask of God. And he comes to the fourth chapter, and in the context of quarreling and disputing and fightings in the church, he says, You have not because you ask not. Someone said that he imagines when we get to heaven, there might be some great big boxes with beautiful ribbons on them, all stacked all over heaven. And somebody will ask, What, are, what is that? What is in those boxes? What are those presents? And someone would say, that's what God had for you, but you never asked the Father for it. So it doesn't surprise us when tradition says that James was a first century man of prayer. Seven times in the six verses that I've read tonight, he deals with the subject of prayer. And he talks about prayer in four areas. I want us to notice them. Notice the instruction of James if you've come to that place in your outline, in the worksheet. The first area is found in verse 13 and he says, Is there any among you suffering? Now the idea that's involved there, is there any of you that is experiencing burdens of suffering, affliction is really the word, is there anybody who is afflicted among you? That is with physical problems or emotional problems or anxiety. If you have a problem that you can't handle, is there any of you that are like that? He says, let him pray. Now he doesn't say that there will be healing and he doesn't say that the problem will just, be, will just evaporate and, and disappear. In, in, really, in fact, it looks like he's suggesting that the problem may exist on and on and the affliction may never go away like the thorn in Paul's flesh. But if you pray, God will give you strength to bear it is there anyone among you who is afflicted let him pray and god will give him strength to endure it not only to survive but to conquer then he says is there any among you who is sick let him call for the elders of the church now we said two or three things about that when we came across this the first time we said first of all that the sick person is to take the initiative let him call for the elders let him call for the spiritual leaders of the church now that suggests that a person is out of place who takes his little cruise of oil and volunteers to go up and down the hospital halls praying over the sick let him call for the spiritual leader of the church and then he gives some specific instruction as to what would happen if somebody who is sick in the fellowship and he calls for the spiritual leader of the church. He says, let him pray over him, having anointed him with oil. And we mentioned that there were two interpretations that are generally accepted there. One is that the oil that he refers to is really a reference to, the, to medicinal help, to modern medicine, having sought modern medicine, then pray over him. The other interpretation is that if a person is sick and he calls for the elder of the church, for the spiritual leader of the church, and he senses a need for the anointing of oil and for that one's prayer, that person better pray. Then he says thirdly, there are some who are potentially sick. He says, some of you, in verse 16, are bedridden because of sin. You are the way you are because you've sinned against God. And he says, Call, find somebody who is of the same kind, confess your sin to one another, Find the reinforcement and the spiritual therapy that comes as you confess your sin and healing shall come. Now we've come to the, to the fourth area, and there's where I want us just to kind of settle down and spend the rest of this time together. It has to do with praying for specific needs. Look again with me at verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much now i want to i want to point out two words in verse 16 the first is the word translated prayer it's the first time that this particular greek word is used in the entire epistle Every other time where he talks about prayer, he uses another word. When he comes to this word, he uses a totally different word. It's a word that means specific petition. It's a word that means to ask specifically with specific results in mind. It means to be specific. The second word that I want you to notice is the word effective. It's the word effectual in the King James. The word is the, is a, is the root word from which we get our word energy. And it means to add an, an ingredient that will turn something average into something fantastic. Now, most of the people that I talk with And most of the people that hear me talk, most of us agree that our prayer time, our prayer, our praying is pretty, pretty average. If I could ask you tonight to show of hands how many of you are happy with your prayer life, there wouldn't be very many who could answer I am. Most of the people who share with me if they have one area in their life where they feel totally inadequate, very, they feel tremendous guilt and, and unfulfillment, it's usually in the area of prayer. I've had people tell me, when I pray it seems like my prayers don't get above the roof of the building. How can I bring that outside ingredient into my prayer life that will turn something very average into something dynamic and powerful? Is there anybody here tonight who would not say, I wish that I could have power in prayer? How can I, how can I make my prayer, how can my praying become effective? Now, as I've studied men of prayer, both in history and in the Bible, I think there are three answers to that question How can praying become effective? Let me just pause to ask this parenthetical question How many of you have seen answer to prayer lately? How many of you have experienced answered prayer? How many of you have gone to your knees? lately and have prayed and have really felt that you got a hold of the horns of the altar and move both God and men. Dwight Moody used to say that the only way that we will ever move men is through prayer. How many of us can really say I have really been able to turn to to change things in prayer? Some of us were sharing the other day Um, about what we used to listen to when we were kids my grandmother and granddaddy used to listen to E.F. Weber as he he broadcast out of Oklahoma City I think one of the reasons we were talking about this we were talking about Baker's Best Hair Tonic and they uh, advertised that on E.F. Weber's show and, and they'd close off that program every day with this statement you remember it God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. But let me ask you this question. How many things have you ever changed with your prayer? Man, that's indicting, isn't it? How can my prayer become effective? Number one, you must know, you must know the Word of God. Folks, you can't pray ignorantly and pray effectively. Jesus said, if I abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I believe that it is impossible to pray effectively. If we are ignorant of the word of God. So that the best praying that ever takes place is the, is the response to the word of God. For whatever God prompts us to pray, He's bound to answer. And so as we go to the word of God and God speaks to us out of His word. And we respond in prayer to what we've read. That prayer becomes effective. Number two. We must be specific, specific in our request. We learned this from our children. When I was in seminary, the most influential man on my life was a professor there, there named Jack McGarman. And he came in one day as my Greek professor and he, 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 he was talking to us about his children. He was a tremendously devoted father and husband. And he had, three, he had um, uh, three boys, and his wife was expecting. And he said uh, his little boy, the, the, the youngest of the three, began to pray every time they had prayer that that baby that was going to be born would be a girl. Now, he, he, every time he'd pray, he'd say, Lord, give me a baby sister. I want a baby sister. And uh, so, you know, Dr. McGarmon said, you know, my wife and I begin to say, now, honey, we, we want God to, you know, to give us just what He wants us to have, not what we necessarily want. And, oh, he said, I, uh, he said, I want a, I want a baby sister. And he said, do you, uh, you know, do you tell him, you know, not to pray that way, because really, you teach, you know, the children to pray specifically, and you teach them to pray. In faith, believing that God hears. So he said, we didn't discourage him. And so he just said, you know, Lord, I want, a, I want a sister. You're going to give me a baby sister. And he said, now the kicker came when one day he decided that he wanted the baby sister to be red-headed. And he said, you know, we, we we look around we looked around at each other and, and neither one of us were redheaded. Wasn't you know, there wasn't a redhead in the whole family. But he said every time he'd pray, he'd say, Lord, give me a redheaded baby sister. And he'd just pray that. And he said, I wanted to tell him, you know, shut up, you know, you that's not that may not happen. And he said, The day that baby was born, I stood there with some friends and looked through that glass at the sweetest little baby girl I had ever seen. And he said, you know, my friend standing beside me said, where'd that kid get her red hair? we're so cliched in our praying aren't we oh that's the cheap way out that's the easy way out lord bless all for whom it is our duty to pray lord let your will be done in everything we're so cliched in our praying But I'm reminded of that marvelous parable that Jesus told about the man who went at midnight and knocked on his friend's door and he said, I want three loaves for someone has come to me tonight and are hungry and I'm unprepared to set anything before them specific in our praying. Now when you begin to have that kind of prayer life that you go to God specifically praying becomes effective number three praying must be filled with faith George Mueller said the only requirement of faith filled prayer is that you're never surprised in my quiet time this week I was reading that familiar story of Peter in prison and the church was praying for them in John Mark's house, praying for his release. And in the innermost prison, Peter was bound to, to the guard there and, and the angel came and kind of touched him on the shoulders and said, get up, we got time to go. And it says that he got up and as he got up, the chains fell off his hands. And they started walking and, and it says that the, the gates just opened for them first time in history the first re- record of automatic doors you know you know seeing-eye doors they just opened for them and Peter went to the house where they were praying knocked on the door you know the story they said no couldn't be and I wrote down in the flyleaf of my Bible and shared it with my discipleship group you know sometimes It's harder to take yes for an answer than it is to take no. And they said, why, it's Peter's, it's not him, it's his ghost. And they explained it away. Aren't you guilty of that? When the answer comes, we have a way of explaining it away rather than giving glory to God. On taking yes for an answer, sometimes harder and take a no now finally the application there are four applications i want you to get down and whether that comes under the relevance of james or whatever put application down there and there'll be four number 1 prayer is to be continuous L- listen to what i'm saying please it's not to be used only in an emergency. About three weeks ago, I'd settled down after after I'd finished my meal and I was getting ready to take me a little nap, and the phone rang. And this lady, and I answered the phone. This lady said, um, "I'd like to know how to be saved." And I started to say, "Surely not. You know who is who's joking." No, I didn't really, you know, because that doesn't happen very much. I said, well, that's fantastic. Where are you? And I'll come and I'll share with you how to be saved. She said, I'm at the bus station. And I'm leaving for Hugo, Oklahoma in 45 minutes. I said, if you look out the bus station, you can see the entrance to the First Baptist Church. I'll be there in five minutes. You meet me outside. When I got down here, there was a young woman about 40 years old. I know that doesn't seem young to you, but it is to me. Uh, all, the, all the young people just broke out laughing. It's an Indi- an Indian woman. And we went into the, into the chapel and sat down. And I opened up the scripture and started telling, to tell her how to be saved. When I finished sharing the plan of salvation, she started telling me about a hang-up she had. She said, I have this friend who is a religious fanatic, she, she called her. She said, she just prays all the time. That's what I felt when I, <laughs> that's what I did. She, she just prays all the time. She said, not long ago, she, she went to the movie with her boyfriend, and, 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 a, and after the movie was over, she said to her boyfriend, I don't think I want to go to the movie anymore because for about 10 minutes there, I forgot to pray. And she was just riddled with guilt, because for 10 minutes she got so involved in the movie, she forgot to pray. (laughs) And she said, is this what a Christian is, a person that just goes around praying all the time? And I said, well, it's not what I do. And she said, well, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. And I tried to share with her what that word ceasing is in the Greek. I didn't tell her it was that, but I said, you know what that word means? It's the word that literally means with the persistence of a hacking cough. That's exactly what that word means. Now you said, and I've said too, you know, I just coughed all day today. I coughed all night long. You really didn't do that, but there was a persistence to the cough that just seemed like it was there all the time. Continuous praying is to live in the attitude that responds to God at every moment's thought. Secondly, Prayer is designed, hear this, prayer is designed for every part of life. I think we've forgotten that. I think that we, we we think prayer is designed for what happens in the church or for what happens to us religiously. Prayer is designed for every part of life so that if you're... In business and you have a business problem, prayer is designed for that. And if you have a social relationship that you want to go well, prayer is designed for that. And if you have some worry concerning your own physical needs, prayer is designed for that. Prayer is designed for every part of life. And I suppose one of the greatest testimonies I ever heard, seemed kind of silly when I heard it, because I was so far away from God with my God my own prayer life the wife of the vice president of the First National Bank in Lubbock said one day she lost her tennis shoe her favorite tennis shoe and she asked the Lord to help her find it when she found it she picked it up and said thank you Jesus for prayer is designed for every part of life number 3 prayer is not a substitute for intelligent thinking Prayer is not a substitute for intelligent thinking. And if it's true that the person who is to first seek medical help and then, having done that, seeks the healing of God, what that suggests is don't ask for prayer if you're not going to use common sense in how you live. Don't ask anybody to pray for your health If you don't take care of your body don't ask God to protect you if you live recklessly for prayer is not a substitute for harsh sense finally prayer and I like this prayer is not for the perfect but for the imperfect and this is what he said, Elijah was a man of like nature as we are. Man, you know, misery loves company. Elijah was a man like me, has the same weakness, the same problems, the same temptations, the same vulnerability he was a man like me and how did God use him he used him to shut up heaven for three and a half years as the result of his prayer folks you don't have to wait until you're perfect to move this world and God in prayer Would you bow your heads? It's time for decision. It's time to respond. Some of you have been asking God for wisdom. Now it's time to respond to that wisdom that God has given. Some of you have been asking God for forgiveness of sin. Now it's time to confess that sin and make public restitution. Some of you have been asking God to bless you. Now it's time to place yourself in a position where he can. It's time for a decision. Is God leading you to respond tonight publicly? Perhaps to unite with the church? As this college student did this morning in our college worship service. To say, I want to be a part of this fellowship or maybe for rededication of life, or maybe because you heard the message this morning on salvation, you're coming tonight to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. You're looking to Him for f- in faith for salvation. Let me lead us in prayer. Then we'll stand to our feet, and Jim will lead us in a song. We'll ask you to respond. Father, hear our prayer. We're praying to you now, Father. Hear our prayer. All over this room, there are prayers going up. Hear them, Father. There are needs that arise out of a heart that's not even verbalized in prayer. We confess to you, God. Not only are we ineffective when we pray, we confess to you our prayerlessness. Teach us to pray. Pray. Teach us how to be effective when we pray. Lord, hear our specific need right now. And do among us a mighty thing. Because I ask in Jesus' name. Now in a spirit of prayer. Would you stand and as Jim leads us and we sing, would you like to come right now in the first word of the first stanza?